Let's open our Bibles to the book of Hosea, the third chapter. There's only five verses, but there's a lot of information here that uh, we want to give you in this third chapter. And if we get into the fourth, that's fine. But if we don't, I want to give you some things here that possibly maybe you haven't come across. And if you have, we'll reaffirm uh, those thoughts. But let's read the third chapter, which is only five verses of the book of Hosea. Then said the Lord unto me, Go yet, love a woman beloved of her friend, yet an adulteress. Now notice this word according. According to the love of the Lord toward the children of Israel, who look to other gods and love flagons of wine. So I bought her to me for fifteen pieces of silver, and for an homer of barley, and half homer of barley. And I said unto her, Thou shalt abide for me many days. Thou shalt not play the harlot, and thou shalt not be for another man, so will I also be for thee. For the children of Israel shall abide many days without a king, without a prince, and without a sacrifice, and without an image, and without an ephod, and without teraphim. Afterward, that's a very important word, you should circle that or underline it. Afterward shall the children of Israel return and seek the Lord their God and David their king, and shall fear the Lord and his goodness in the latter days. Now then, in verse 1 it says, Then the Lord said unto me, Go yet love a woman beloved of her friend, yet an adulteress according to the love of the Lord, uh, toward the children of Israel who look to other gods and love flagons of wine. Now then, if you remember what we studied thus far, that uh, Hosea was commanded to take this woman that the Lord knew would be proved to be unfaithful, and she would leave him for uh, other men and commit adultery. And now the Lord is telling him to take her back, this same woman, buy her back to himself. And it says, according to the love of the Lord for the children of Israel, which indicates that as Hosea's wife had departed from him, he in his own experience had to enter into the same thing that God felt for his people, that they had departed from the Lord. They were married to, to Jehovah. And they had departed. And now, since Hosea is commanded to take her back, we find that the Lord shows that He's willing to take Israel back. And that's the premise of this uh, first verse, to show this particular situation, that God is willing to buy her back from her bondage and her sin of Israel. Just as Gomer, uh, is, uh, Hosea was told here to buy Gomer back out of her adulterous situation. We don't know how it was that she had to be uh, redeemed by uh, 15 pieces of silver, verse 2, and for a homer of barley and a half homer of barley, which we want to deal with in detail because it's figurative of something that's very important in the Scripture. So the first verse shows us that God is willing to take His backslidden people back to Himself. That's really the main thing. So when Israel backslid and got away from God, God is just saying, just as you, Hosea, would take your wife back in all of the things that she's done wrong, in all the sins that she's committed, and if you notice, they looked, she looked to other gods and loved flagons of wine. So that's what Israel did. Well, uh, we studied in the second chapter where that in verse 6, well, let's see, not verse 6, but uh, that she thought that others had given her, verse 5 says, For their mother hath played the harlot, 
she that conceived them, this is the children she conceived by uh, Hosea, uh, hath done shamefully, for she said, I will go after my lovers that give me my bread and my water and my wool and my flax, mine oil and my drink. Therefore, God says, because of Israel doing this, therefore, behold, I will hedge up thy way with thorns and make a wall that she shall not find her paths. She shall follow after her lovers. She shall not overtake them. This is the false gods. And she shall seek them and shall not find them. Then shall she say, I will go and return to my first husband. For then it was better uh, with me. Uh, with, then it was better with me than now. For she did not know that I gave her. Look at this. Corn and wine and oil and multiplied her silver and gold, which they prepared for Baal. Baal. Therefore will I return and take away my corn in the time thereof. And so on. So we find that when uh, Hosea's wife departed from him, she met with affliction. With diff- We had this in our last lesson. With difficulty, with perplexity, with failure, with disappointment. And then there was repentance. Now then, that's much the same thing that Israel uh, felt for uh, God in the way of losing everything and, and using all of her good things for her false gods. And so God was willing and is willing to take His backslidden people back to Himself, Israel of old. And so is it today. Children of God can get away from God and all they have to do is realize that they're idols and they're false gods and they're false worship and they're worldliness and whatever they're going through does not pay that, that uh, their blessings come from God. And then they repent and return to God. Now then, I want you to notice something here that uh, we want to go into detail with. In verse 2, So I bought her to me. You know, people were sold into to, uh, bondage for uh, maybe in cases of poverty or whatever reasons there were. And we know we've been bought back to God. We've been redeemed. But look at this. So I bought her to me for 15 pieces of silver and for a homer of barley and a half homer of barley. Now, here, that's the half. 15 pieces of silver is half the price of a slave in the Old Testament. Now, we're going to give you some scriptures. And this is going to be a study at this particular time. Because here's 15 pieces of silver. And this is... The value of a common slave was 30 pieces of silver. And uh, I want you to notice, first of all, let me give you as a text for what we're about to study. Uh, Matthew 27, verse 9. Matthew 27, verse 9. And when Jesus was betrayed, and then Judas had received his money, and he cast it down, went out and hanged himself, in verse 5. But I want you to look down at verse 9. It says, Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy the prophet, saying, And they took the 30 pieces of silver, the price of him, I want you to notice this, the price of him that was valued, whom they of the children did value, of Israel did value, and gave them for the potter's field, as the Lord appointed me. That's uh, Matthew 27, verse 9. Did you get that? So, this was the price that they placed upon Jesus. 30 pieces of silver. And I want to give you three things. This was the price of a slave... This was the price of an outcast. We see in Hosea, she was an outcast woman. And you say, well, how do 15 pieces of silver and a homer and a half barley equal 30? And I'll show you that in a moment. But then, it was also the price of a rejected shepherd. Now, I want to give you this. Because it's very important. Jesus was all of these. 
for us. First of all, he was a slave. He served us. And he was also an outcast. He became an outcast. And he was a rejected shepherd. He came into his own, his own received him not. We'll give you some scriptures to back all this up in just a moment. And if you'll bear with me, I believe this study will be profitable for you. First of all, let's go in Exodus chapter 21, verse uh, 31 and 32, and we'll see that it is the price of a common slave. Exodus chapter 30, uh, 21. Exodus chapter 21. Let's look at that passage of Scripture. He's talking about, read verse 30. Well, we may have to go back to verse 28 to get the story. Let's go back to verse 28. If an ox gore a man or a woman and they, that they die, then the ox shall be surely stoned. You have Exodus 21, verse 28. <clears throat> then the ox shall be stoned, and his flesh shall not be eaten, <clears throat> but the owner, the owner of the ox shall be quit. But if the ox were wont to push with his horn in time past, and it hath been testified to his owner, and he hath not kept him in, but that he hath killed a man or a woman, this ordinary uh, citizen, the ox shall be stoned, and his owner also shall be put to death. Okay. But now look. If there be laid on him a sum of money, then he shall give for the ransom of his life whatsoever is laid upon him. Now, whether he hath gored a son or gored a daughter, according to this judgment, shall it be done unto him. Let's stop there just a moment now. Stop there just a moment with verse 31. So an ordinary citizen could say, well, you, you had an ox there and it killed my son, my daughter, my, one of my family, and we're going to uh, sue you for uh, $10 million. You know how it is today. Well, we're going to sue you for a big sum of money. A sum shall be laid upon him. But look, the next verse shows us what we want to see. If the ox shall push a manservant or a maidservant, here's a servant, a slave, he shall give unto their master, look, Thirty shekels of silver, and the ox shall be stoned. They couldn't lay a sum of money. All that they were allowed was thirty pieces of silver. You see that? So the price of a slave, a common slave, was thirty pieces of silver. And when it says in Hosea that he would redeem this woman for fifteen shekels of silver and an omer and a half of barley, omer of barley and a half omer of barley, Ordinarily, when you first glance at it, you say this woman was worth nothing but half the price of a common slave. Fifteen, right? Okay, let me show you something else. We find that over in the book of Zechariah, turn to the book of Zechariah, chapter um, 11, verses 9 through 12. Zechariah 11, verses 9 through 12. <clears throat> and it's talking about a rejected shepherd here. It says, Then said, I will not feed you, that that, that dieth, let it die, that that is cut off, let it be cut off, and let the rest eat every one of one the flesh of the other. And took my staff, even viewed, and cut it asunder, that I might break my covenant which I had made with all the people. And it was broken in that day. So And so the poor of the flock, the flock that waited upon me, you have Zechariah 11, verse 11 now, that waited upon me, that it was the word of the Lord. And I said unto them, if you think good, give me my price. And if not, forbear. For they wait for my price. And this is a rejected shepherd. They wait for my price, 30 pieces of silver. And the Lord said unto me, Cast it under the potter, 
a goodly prize, this is applied to Jesus, that I was prized at of them. And I took the thirty pieces of silver and cast them to the potter in the house of the Lord. That's exactly what, and you go on and on and read. But verse 12 and 13 show us that it was the price of a rejected shepherd that Jesus was bought for and that the very money was taken and cast for the potter's field. So, we have found that the 30 pieces of silver is the price of what? A common slave. We found that it's the price of a rejected shepherd. Now then, when we come to Hosea chapter 3, someone says, well, and hold your place there and we'll continue with our study. In verse 2, it says, So I bought her to me for 15 pieces of silver. That's half the price of, a, of the slave, isn't it? But it says, And for a homer of barley and a half homer of barley. And what you have here is 15 pieces in money and 15 pieces in kind, equaling the 30. You know, they used to barter in the old days. And they'd say, well, I'll give you $10 and I'll give you two chickens and a rooster and a pig and so on and so forth. You know what I mean? It was bartering. Now, you have here actually a barter. You have 15 in money, 15 piece of silver, and you have 15 in kind. Now, we know that this woman was an outcast, do we not? We've already proved and talked about a, a, a common slave. A common slave. We've already shown about the rejected shepherd. Both had 30 pieces of silver. And we've quoted in Matthew 27 where it says that this was the price of him that was valued. So, Jesus' price was the price of a common slave, the price of an outcast, and the price of a rejected shepherd. And he was all three of these. He was a he was a common he was a servant, he was an outcast, and he was a rejected shepherd. It says he came unto his own, his own received him not. We're going to deal with those thoughts more fully as we uh, progress along, but I want to first prove to you that there is fifteen pieces of in kind. That there that the Homer of barley and half homer of barley equals 15. Now, this is a lengthy study, but I believe it's worth your uh, turning. If you'll turn in your Bibles to the book of, uh, of uh, Exodus, again, chapter 16. Exodus chapter 16 this time. I want you to notice in verse uh, 36. It says, now an omer. Now, this is not homer. This is omer. There's a homer in the Bible in measure, and there's a homer in measure. It's very important. You have Exodus 16, verse 31, 36. 16, 36. It says, Now an omer is the tenth part of an ephah. You see that? These are strictly Bible measures. But you see, this doesn't say homer. It says omer. Now I want to give you some more stuff. If you look in the book of Isaiah, chapter 5, chapter 5, and it's showing the way that something will yield as far as uh, planting, vineyards, and etc. It says, Yea, ten acres of a vineyard shall yield one bath. Uh, oh, I didn't give you the verse. Verse 10. Uh, Isaiah 5, verse 10. I have these things marked and sometimes I hesitate to give them to you. If I do, we'll call my attention to it. Isaiah 5, verse 10. It says, Yea, ten, a- ten acres of a vineyard shall yield one bath. You know what that is? That's, that's a liquid measure. 
and that would be 10 acres would bring seven and a half gallons. I don't think it'd be worth planting, do you? Or, or work. And it's showing the scarcity of what they would reap from what they had sown. They wouldn't even get what... And look, and the seed of an homer shall yield an ephah. Now, notice here it says an homer shall yield an ephah. Now, an ephah, we already showed you, is the tenth part of an omer, not a homer. So they wouldn't even get... You know, you talk about your your uh, seed for the next year. They wouldn't even get enough seed back to plant the crop. It would be so little. <clears throat> I have the... Uh, the amount would be 220 liters it would yield only out of what they planted if they planted 220 liters of that would be a homer it would only yield 22 they they would get back one tenth of what they even planted you know when you plant wheat in the field say you plant uh, three quarters of a bushel, bushel to acre or say if, if you just use round figures and say you planted a bushel which you don't but just say you planted a bushel you would get back in the harvest a tenth of a bushel per acre. And not a very good wheat crop, is it? A tenth of a bushel when you should get 20 and 30 bushels per acre on good land? Okay. So what it's showing there is the scarcity of the amount reaped. Now, there's a lot of things I want to give you. The bath that we talked about is liquid or fluid measure, and the ephah is solid measure. I want you to see something else. If you want to turn the book of Ezekiel 45. Ezekiel 45. And let's get verses 11 through 14. And you'll see what we're talking about. The ephah and the bath shall be one measure. We've already discussed that. One of them, the ephah, is the solid measure or the grain measure, we might say. And the bath is the liquid measure. The ephah and the bath shall be one measure. That the bath may contain... Now look, the bath may contain the tenth part of an homer. Now look, you see, if an homer is the tenth part of an ephah, an homer is, and there are ten parts in the homer, see, and the ephah, the tenth part of an homer, you see that verse 11? This is your proof. The ephah is the tenth part of an homer. The measure thereof shall be after the homer. Now let's get back to Hosea. Go back to Hosea chapter 3. I want you to look at this verse again carefully. So I bought her to me for 15 pieces of silver and for an homer, that would be 10 parts, and a half homer would be 5 more, that would be 15 parts in, in kind. And those scriptures I gave you, if you study them out carefully, will bear out the fact that there was 15 pieces of silver and 15 in kind or count so that this outcast was actually being redeemed with 30 and not 30 pieces of silver but with 30 the equivalent of what we're talking about over here that's the price of him that was valued now think of this for a moment Jesus was sold for 30 pieces of silver and this is the exact price of what? a common slave? we proved that in Exodus didn't we? An outcast here in Hosea. Fifteen in kind and fifteen in money. And a rejected shepherd, we had that exact amount in the book of uh, Zechariah. Now, 
So it shows that Jesus was what? He was a slave, a servant. It shows that He was an outcast. It shows that He was a rejected shepherd. And we find Scriptures in the New Testament to show the equivalent of that in the life of Jesus. Let's think of it in some Scriptures we'll try to give you. First of all, we know He was cast out of their coast time and time again. And we'll give you some Scriptures for some of these things. Uh, For instance, a servant. Let's look at the book of Luke, chapter 22, verse 27. Luke 22, verse 27. And see what Jesus says about Himself. Well, let's read verse 26. The the disciples were arguing about who would be the greatest among them. Luke 22, let's look at verse 26. And He kind of rebuked them. Verse 24, they had a strife because they wanted to know who was going to be counted greatest. And Jesus said in verse 25 that the kings of the earth and the Gentiles, they, they try to act this way. They want to have lordship over one another. But verse 26, but, but ye shall not be so. His disciples will not be this way to try to exercise lordship over one another. But he that is greatest among you, let him be the younger. And he that is chief, as he that does serve. The great among you, let him be the younger. And the chief among you, let him be a servant. You want to be a servant of God? You're not going to be a chief. You're going to be a servant, right? Now look at the next verse. For whether is greater he that sitteth at meat, the man that sits at the head of the table, or he that serveth? Well, we know that the man that sits at the table and the servant comes around and serves, we know that the man that sits at the table is a greater in the worldly way of thinking. But look at this now. It says, but I, and, and the answer, look, uh, is not he that sitteth at me? Jesus asked the question. Isn't he the one that's the greatest? Then it says, but I am among you as he that serveth. Jesus says, I'm the one that's serving. You read in the uh, Gospel of John. Look in the 13th of John. Let's begin reading with verse 1. John chapter 13. We're talking about Christ being a servant. It says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that His hour was come, that He should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved His own which were in the world, He loved them unto the end. I like that. And supper being ended, the devil having now put in the, into the heart of Judas his carrot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, that he was come from God and went to God. He came down from the Father and he was going back to the Father. He rises from supper. Now look at this. And laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. This was the attire of a servant, the one that would wash the feet of the others. When a visitor would come in, from afar and their feet were dusty and dirty. And the very most hospitable thing that could be done for them was to let them take off their sandals or if they were barefoot or whatever and wash it, put water in the basin. The servants of the house would do this. Take their, take uh, a towel and he girded himself with a towel and stooped down and began to wash the disciples' feet. He took upon him the attire of a servant. We can see Jesus was all of these things. Now look in the book of Philippians chapter 2. I could quote it to you, but I'd just soon you'd read it. Philippians chapter 2. Verse 5, it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the what? The form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. He took upon him what? The form of a servant. 
made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And then it says God has highly exalted him. So, back in Hosea again now. I'll give you some more references as we progress with this lesson. So, what we have seen, first of all, is that the value of a common slave was the value of Jesus, right? Let me read again Matthew 27 for you. Hold your place in Hosea, if you will. I know I'm carrying you a little fast, maybe, and overloading you with thought. But uh, this is worthy of thought. Matthew 27. Then was fulfilled... Now, this is when Judas betrayed Jesus. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy the prophet, saying, And they took the thirty pieces of silver, the price of him. I want you to notice how it definitely says, The price of him that was valued, whom they of the children of Israel did value. That's the value they placed upon him, was thirty pieces of silver. What was that value equal to? That value was the value of a common slave. Jesus became a common slave or servant. The price of him that was valued, whom they of the children of Israel did value. That's a good text. Uh, Matthew 27, verse 9. We've given you three places. John, um, uh, we've given you Luke 22, verse 27, where he says, Though I'm among you as one that serveth. We've given you John 13, where he put on himself the attire of a servant and washed the disciples' feet. We've given you... Uh, Philippians chapter uh, 2 and verses 6 through 8 tells us that he took upon him the form of a servant. So it shows us that Jesus was a servant. We've had scripture after scripture and we could go into detail. I don't know if time is going to fail us or not. But you remember many times where it says that they cast him out of their coast. That he was an outcast in the sight of men. We know that he was a rejected shepherd. Because the Bible says he came unto his own, and his own received him not. And then later on in John chapter 10, he says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. So he was, Jesus was all of these things. And that was his price. What's the price of Jesus? Thirty pieces of silver. The price of Jesus was the price of a slave. The price of Jesus was the price of an outcast. And if you want to study out that 15 in, in Hosea, the 15 in pieces of money and 15 in kind, you'll find that it equals exactly 15 because it says an omer is the tenth part of an ephah, and the ephah is the tenth part of an homer. An omer is the tenth part of an ephah. And the ephah is the tenth part of a homer, H-O-M-E-R. So it says an homer of barley and half homer of barley, which would be equal 15 ephahs. It would be 15 in kind. Now you have to study those very carefully because it's confusing. Homer and homer are not the same. If you have a, a chart in the back of your Bible, sometimes you do of weights and measures, biblical weights and measures, you study this out and you'll see what we're talking about. So, when you figure it out, you'll find out there were 15 in money and 15 in kind. Measurements. So, uh, that's how you qualify what is said here in the book of Hosea with Jesus being the price of an outcast. Did you have a word, sir? Yes, sir. I was thinking of a, a scripture and maybe you can remember it. I think it's in the Old Testament where in the Mosaic Law, uh, when they had to redeem the firstborn, uh-huh. 
Well, uh, I don't think that is the price of the firstborn, but uh, it is redemption money that you're talking about. It's in the book of Exodus. No, I don't think it is, but uh, I would have to look it up and, and see. But it was redemption money, which is good. But uh, And by the way, that redemption money our brother's talking about, if you want to know what it was used for, later on when they built the tabernacle, they took of the silver of the people, they took of that silver, the redemption money, and they built the, the foundation for the tabernacle, and the foundation uh, blocks were 90 pounds weight of silver. And they had two uh, places in them to where the, the tenons of the board sat down. So the, even the foundation of the tabernacle was silver. Silver is symbolical of redemption. You get over in the New Testament, and Paul, uh, Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18, I believe, for as much as you know you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, that's redemption, right? Silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ. You're redeemed by blood, right? Which is the price of redemption for us. But the, in the Old Testament, the one our brother's referring to has to do with the fact that whatever that price was, and I'll get it later, that the rich shall not pay more and the poor shall not pay less. There was one price set for the rich and the poor for those redemption. And if you have a scripture, if you have a concordance, you can find that very quickly for us. But it is true that that is a redemption, but I don't think it was 30 pieces. I forget now. I think it's 20 maybe or something like that. Numbers 18. Numbers 18. What verse? Numbers 18. 18.15. Okay. Look at Numbers 18.15. And it says, no, I have the wrong one. I'm sorry. Numbers 18 and verse 15. Okay. Yes, it says, uh, and how much was the price? Uh, verse, 16. verse 16 says, five, five shekels of, of, of the sanctuary. I thought it was something like that, but... Anyway, it says five instead of uh, 30. But you can see there the price was the same for uh, the rich and for the poor was like. But anyway, this particular money that you have just referred to was used for the foundation of the tabernacle. It, the, it, that's what, where they took it and they used it for that pur- purpose. And these stones, were these uh, silver Blocks were 90 pound weight with two slots in them where the tenons of the boards that were made of acacia wood and covered with gold were set down in there. So the foundation of the tabernacle was of silver. Silver it speaks of redemption. Silver, we're redeemed with the blood of Christ, which speaks of our redemption. And that's why Peter says in 1 Peter 1.18, you're not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold. That's what they had in the Old Testament, but with the precious blood of Christ. He's the silver redemption for us. So there's a lot of wonderful things. Back to Hosea now, quickly. I think I've dwelt enough on that, but I want you to see verses. We'll hurry along. These, this is a short chapter. Please let me give it to you. Verse 3, And I said unto her, unto her Thou shalt abide for me many days, and thou shalt not play the harrot, harlot, and thou shalt not be for another man, so will I also be for thee. So she had to remain in solitude or 
in the house for a certain period of time before he would take her to be. And there's references in the book of Exodus to this effect as well, in the book of Deuteronomy. Now, verse 4, For the children of Israel, here's the lesson, For the children of Israel shall abide many days without a king. Look how many days. It speaks of the future of the children of Israel from the time of their rejection of Christ on down through the ages till now. Do they have a king? No, they don't have a king. And, and without a prince, they don't have a prince. Without a sacrifice, their Old Testament sacrifices were, are gone yet. And without an image, they do not have the, the worship that they had. Without an ephod, the ephod was what the priests wore. They don't have their priestly worship anymore. And without a teraphim, all of these things, their worship became null and void after they were scattered and they were there are many days. But then it says, and here's their future. Afterwards shall the children of Israel return and seek the Lord their God and David their king and shall fear the Lord and his goodness in the latter days. And we'll find that that refers to the time of their restoration and there will be a restoring of the nation of Israel to their worship. And you read it over in the book of Revelation and study it. So that's all the time we have, but I wanted to finish that and show you that that is the future of the nation of Israel. Okay, let's... uh, Stand together.